When you're ready to pop the question, the last thing you want to do is second-guess the ring. At BlueNile.com, you can design a one-of-a-kind ring with the ease and convenience of shopping online. Choose your diamond and setting. When you find the one, you'll get it delivered right to your door. Go to BlueNile.com and use promo code LISTEN to get $50 off your purchase of $500 or more. That's code LISTEN at BlueNile.com for $50 off your purchase. BlueNile.com, code LISTEN. Ever catch yourself eating the same flavorless dinner three days in a row? Dreaming of something better? Well, HelloFresh is your guilt-free dream come true, baby. It's me, Kiki Palmer. Let's wake up those taste buds with hot, juicy pecan crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. Mm. Hello Fresh. Stop dreaming of all the delicious possibilities and dig in at HelloFresh.com. Let's get this dinner party started. Since 2013, Bombas has donated over 100 million socks, underwear, and t shirts to those facing homelessness. If we counted those on air, this ad would last over 1,157 days. But if we counted the time it takes to make a donation possible, it would take just a few clicks. Because every time you make a purchase, Bombas donates an item to someone who needs it. Go to bombas.com slash ACAST and use code ACAST for 20% off your first purchase. That's bombas.com slash ACAST, code ACAST. We play for bravery. We play for big hearts in tiny bodies. We play for the fighter within. We play for life reclaimed, disease in remission, stories rewritten. We're Children's Hospital of Richmond at VCU, and we nurture the champion in every child. We fight the forces that threaten them, and we play to win. Learn how at chrichmond.org. Goldilocks Productions broadcasts universal cosmic frequencies that unlock, awaken, and expand the consciousness of our worldwide viewers and listeners. Goldilocks Productions presents the Inspiration from Spirit show with your host, Reverend Lee Chapin. The focus and goal for this show is to assist humanity in the awakening of a new level of consciousness that will bring peace to planet Earth. Welcome, I'm Lee Chapin. I am here with my good friend, Joanne Weiland. We are here. She's going to interview me today, so it's going to be a fun hour. We're going to have a lot of laughs. We're just going to learn a lot about me. We're going to talk a little bit about Atlantis, but Joanne was so graciously had asked to interview me about me personally because I'm always interviewing other people and talking about spiritual information and sharing some of my wisdom that I've been gifted with from the Ascended Masters and the Galactic Realm. And so thank you, Joanne, for thinking about me and letting my listening audience know a bit about myself. So just just tell a little bit about you first before we get in on to uh, the business of the day. So, Well, I've known Lee for a long time, and I feel blessed to be her friend and colleague. And I just told her, I said, you know, even though I know a lot about you, I bet your listeners don't. So what if we ask more questions about you personally before we go into Atlantis? And she agreed. So I think it'll be fun to just get to know Lee more because she's a fascinating, exciting person. And she's done so many cool things. But most of the time, we just know her from who she is today. But I feel like sometimes your background really helps listeners, you know, relate more because we've all gone through sometimes sad situations sometimes crazy situations but sometimes when we hear the person and their 
live and they're on a radio, you think that their life's always been perfect. <laughs> so far from the case. <laughs> and it usually is never the case. No, but no, you know, until we open up a little bit and share with our listeners and our audience what really was going on in their life that led you to here, you know, that I feel like they can relate more yeah, than who I am. you know, yeah. who, to who you really are. Yes, I'm a real person with a real story and <laughs> I do have a life beyond my spiritual life. So. Well, fire away. I'm ready for these questions. Let's see if I can answer them. Okay. <laughs> They're not trick questions, but, but I just thought it was interesting. I, I was wondering if you could tell everybody where you were born. Well, I was born in La Harpe, Illinois, which is West Central Illinois. My dad was a farmer and also worked in a factory, and my mom was a homemaker. And uh, we lived in the country for the first eight years before my parents divorced, and then I grew up with no running water or a bathroom back in those days, and I, wow. when I was eight or nine years old, I got to move to town and have a toilet. <laughs> really? Did you have an outhouse? We had an outhouse. Wow. How did you get your water? Uh, we had a well, okay. and so mom would have to carry the water in to do the dishes and to bathe us, and she had an old ringer washer, and I remember one time I had my, my hand stuck in there. and. <laughs> I'm not surprised. <laughs> so, uh, yeah, that was people say, where are you from? I said, West Central Illinois. It was a little town um, near Augusta, Illinois, which is um, really in the middle of nowhere. But it's in the middle of cornfields corn and soybeans. But it, it was country living. Eight years, though. Can you imagine? I mean, most people would not even be able to carry water for eight days. <laughs> and your poor mother did it for eight years without a toilet too. Without a toilet, trying to take care of children, do laundry, do dishes and cook. And we had a lamb one time and I <laughs> and I remember her giving that lamb a bath in the sink. <laughs> I'm not sure why she was watching the lamb, but my mother was very clean. <laughs> I guess so if you're cleaning the farm animals. <laughs> Maybe she was getting ready. Did they share the lamb for the wolves? I don't know. It probably was our pet or something. I don't know. <laughs> like you Wash your dog. Mom was like, super she was washing clean. the Mom lamb. Was super clean. You know, what like, was the lamb's name? Do you remember? I don't remember that. Because some people name their animals. Yeah. <laughs> that's funny. Yeah, that's how I remember. She toted that water in to wash the lamb. Wow. And then you'd have to heat it too. Yeah. Because you wouldn't did. have a hot water heater. No, either. we did have a stove. You did have a stove, yeah. but you had to heat the water in the stove. Yeah. I mean, seriously, it was hard. a lot of work. It's a lot of work. We grumble now, but. Yeah, I mean, and here we can. <laughs> we have to wash the dishes. You said, I mean, wash the clothes. You said about the ringer washer, and now I hear people complain they have to do a load of laundry. And all they have to do is push the, the button. button. Yeah. <laughs> and now you know, back well, then we had to do boards. You know, my grandma had a scrub board. Wow. Yeah. I'm 65, so I'm old. Yeah, that's the story. <laughs> well, I'm right behind you. This is a few years ago. <laughs> right. Had back then. Where are you in the birth order? Are you the youngest, the oldest, or where are I'm, you? Um, in my original family, my parents were divorced. There were three of us. I was in the middle. So I have an older brother and a younger brother. And then my parents divorced, and then my mom had two more children. So she had um, two girls. And my one sister's nine years younger, and the other one's 13 years younger. And then my dad married my stepmom. She came with two children, and they had one. So um, there's five of us on one side and six on the other. So there's a bunch of us. Wow. But I'm second, second oldest. 
I was second. I second oldest. <laughs> and you were sandwiched between them. The boys. The boys. Yeah. How is that to have an older and a younger brother? Which one picked on you more? They both picked on me. And so I had no girls to play with. And oh. so I'm not at all a tomboy. I'm actually a girly girl. But one would think I'd be a tomboy because I had no girls to play with. Because I had boy cousins. And I do boy stuff. And I don't do boy stuff. You had boy cousins. Though. I mean, I had boy cousins. So. Yeah. I had to do boy things, but I should be more tomboyish. But I, I am a girly girl. I literally do not like to get dirty. I like to get my nails done. I like to look nice. She gets her hair done, her nails done. She always looks gorgeous. Even yeah. her toes, by my the way. Eyelashes. You can't see them, but yeah. her I'm toes just... are always cute. <laughs> so I should have been a tomboy. <laughs> but that's good that you were. But... It didn't happen. No? <laughs> yeah. So it doesn't matter if you have brothers older and younger. You can still be you. Yeah, they picked on me. because <laughs> I guess. Because you were girly. I was the girl. <laughs> and they were boys. <laughs> I still can't imagine your poor mother at eight years. That's a long time to carry water, for yeah. real. Yeah, no wonder she divorced my dad. Oh, my <laughs> <laughs> sorry, Mom. Sorry, Dad. <laughs> oh, my goodness. I was just curious. Were you an inquisitive child? You might not have been a tomboy, but were you inquisitive like you are today as a child? I don't, I don't really remember. Really, I remember I was stubborn, and I... Um, wanted to do things my way and I remember my mom telling me that and I do remember that but my mom said I was always kind so um, that's how I think of myself now I was kind and compassionate so that was nice that I was kind um, even with brothers that picked on you that is really good seriously yeah I remember my mom, my mom telling me that but I, I was very stubborn and she, uh, she was always wanting to cut my bangs and I'd run down the street and I didn't want my bangs cut and she'd cut them real short like they did back in the olden days where she'd just sort of chop them off with you look like I put a bowl over your head and did she use that scotch tape and do it? I don't know how she did My it. mom used to use scotch tape, I guess, so it would go straight shh, shh, shh. and then cut them. I remember, yeah. like you said, shorter because yeah. I guess they didn't have to cut them as often. That's, that's what my mom said. You didn't have to come as often. <laughs> she didn't like hair in your eyes. And I'd run down the street, and I wasn't getting my hair cut, and I'd say, I'm, I couldn't even say decisions. I'm saying I'm making my own decisions. <laughs> and then I'd come back and get my hair to get my hair cut. <laughs> she should have just put it back, right? Yeah. <laughs> But oh, no. that's funny. So I was stubborn. I so was... she even cut you guys' hair, too. She did it all. She must have been an amazing woman. <laughs> Seriously, that's a lot of work. Oh, wow. Lot of work. Especially a farm, too. Yeah. Wow. No, 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 How no. many animals did you guys have? Um, I had lots of animals. I remember I got butted by a ram one time. We were out in the farmyard, and this dad, me and my brother, and for whatever reason, the ram picked on me, and I went flying through the air. And then I had a cat. That killed my rabbit, and I remember crying because my dad killed the cat because the, the cat killed the rabbit, and I remember just standing there crying because the cat got killed and my pet rabbit got killed. So no. these are the memories of the farm. Then we moved to town. Good, you moved to town. <laughs> then we moved to town. <laughs> oh my goodness! Well, when you moved to town, is um, did you live in a house or is that did you live in a trailer? Or? No, we lived in a regular house. Um, my mom married my stepdad then, and then, um, as they say, uh, sort of all hell broke loose. And so um, it was uh, became an abusive household. So living with my dad and step, or my mom and my dad, um, I remember it was happy and peaceful, and then my parents divorced, and then my mom married my stepdad, and things were not good, and there was just a lot of abuse and dysfunction and trauma. And so we moved to town, had the bathroom, but... Um, Things were much better at the farm. <laughs> yeah, quieter and calmer. Wow, that must have been such a change. And then you gained two more sisters, two sisters yep. from it. Mm -hmm. 
And then did you say he had children too? Uh, my stepdad did, but we didn't we didn't see them. But your step but my but your dad that married and he married and, and she brought two in and then they had one. Wow. So there was just a bunch of us. We got lost we sort of got lost and then I was always independent and so um, Well you were older so then you weren't as needy. Probably, so that's probably why you feel like you got lost, don't you think? Well, I was a caregiver for my sisters. Oh, because so they were, you they said, were 13, 9 to 13 and years younger. younger. Yeah, so, um, yeah, I've always been a caregiver. You know, as a profession, I'm a psychotherapist and a massage therapist and spiritual counselor and, and work with people probably for over 40 years now since I've been 23 and now I'm 65. Uh, so even when I was a little girl, I was a caregiver. I remember with my mom uh, being married to my stepdad and that was a, I call it a nightmare. Uh, I was always watching over my mother. I felt protective over her, and I tried to make things nice so she didn't have more pressure on her, and, and then helped uh, with my sisters and look after them. So I've always been in that caregiving role of, of tending to other people. So it's my nature, as I'm always, always thinking about other yeah. people. So even as a child, because I knew that you were actually employed as a caregiver, like a healthcare worker as well, mm -hmm. and then the massage therapist I knew about. But even younger than that, you took care of the family. Yeah, when my sister was little, she was born with a hair, lip, and clip palette. And her, her I remember her uh, crib was in my bedroom. And so I would get up with her at night uh, when she would cry. I'm not sure why my mom didn't have in her room, but I would get up with her. And she wasn't supposed to suck her thumb because she had a hair, lip, and clip palette. And mm -hmm. I was always trying, she used to have a little thing over her thumb and they put iodine on her thumb and just different things and I was always trying to make sure she wasn't supposed to be sucking her thumb when she did anyway so I was always even at nine ten years old whatever it was when I was young I was always looking after someone so that's wow. uh, I guess it's a blessing or a curse well <laughs> one or the other I just that's overall it's a blessing because it's better to be caring than not but sometimes then I think we lose sight of ourselves ourselves yeah. Like, you know, because of the fact that you're so busy thinking of everybody else, you forget that you also need mm -hmm. self-care. Yeah. Because I know you do still have a challenge with that. Yeah, I do. That. Yeah. I have, a, I have a challenge with setting boundaries and putting people ahead of me and taking care of other people's needs. And I'm a, a spiritual counselor, so people contact me for readings and for sessions. And, you know, I try to take care of people as quickly as possible. And people have problems. And so, you know, I'm try to take to the knees as possible, but sometimes I, not sometimes, a lot, I just get caught up with this is my life and taking care of other people. It's hard for me to set those boundaries of resting and relaxing and saying no. When it's interesting to me that you help them in many ways, physically, mentally, and spiritually, uh -huh. which is really unique because most people I think that have the gift of giving, they either help somebody, are types of people physically, or they help them with mental issues. Uh -huh or they're spiritually, but I always think that's so cool the way you, like whole, you know, realistic, realistic whole, uh -huh. realistic, yeah. uh -huh. you know, and you genuinely are. I mean, you really care about people, the whole person versus just part of them, because it is all the combination of that person, spiritually, mentally, emotionally, and they have to stay in balance to really be all they're designed to be. Mm -hmm. Or else they, I feel like they kind of get lost in the, you know, you think one, one lags behind. It gets unbalanced in their life. Yes. Yeah. Well, yeah, I got my master's degree. I got my psychology degree, uh, a bachelor's in psychology. Then I got a master's in counseling. 
And then when I was 23, I started working. Um, my very first job was for Catholic Social Services. I worked as a foster care worker. And then a year later, um, I was fortunate to work in a mental health system in Iowa. And it was a small mental health system then. There was only three therapists, a psychiatrist, and a secretary. Very small. <laughs> so it was a great place for me to learn my trade. And um, very, you know, gift, very blessed to be able to, to work with those folks that, that helped me with that first the first piece of my career. And I remember my boss telling me, don't worry about it. if you, you can't help someone, just don't hurt them. Mm. And that always stuck in my mind, you know, just to be really careful about what you're doing. And I know when I was a young therapist, I didn't know much of anything. So God bless all those people that you know, okay. came into my sessions in those early days. <laughs> well, and he has a good point because I also think he might have meant, but I'm guessing, sometimes you can't help them if they don't want to help themselves, but just don't hurt them, meaning... Don't make them worse, mm -hmm. you know, because then if you also kind of, I would say, cry with them, they're going to get stay stuck. Uh -huh. Because that's what I also always admired about you, that you were able to kind of like keep the distance with all these people mm -hmm. that you help, whether again, it's mentally, physically, uh -huh. or spiritually, that you don't allow it to, if you will, jump on you. I don't, I know that's not the right verbiage. But you don't allow it to get to you just because of the fact that sometimes they really aren't ready to get unstuck mm -hmm. uh -huh. and that you have to allow them to. But just like really he are. said, don't mm -hmm. hurt them, meaning don't make it worse, I guess. Uh -huh. Well, I don't know when I learned this, but I learned to be um, an attached observer in the sense mm, that's where good. Yeah. I'm able to help other people, but I don't get caught up in their stories because people say, oh, doesn't that upset you? Or... You know how do you uh, deal with that? I knew I knew uh, that I was an empath uh, later on, as working as a mental health therapist. Uh, it was affecting me taking other people's own energies on, but I didn't really get caught up in their stories, and I still don't. And so when people come to me, I'm present with them, I'm focused on them. But when they leave, then I'm done because then there's somebody else I have to take care of. And so I need to keep my boundaries in terms of uh, their story, their their energies as clear as possible so that I can be assistance to other people. So if I get caught up in somebody's story, then it would drain me or upset me or I became emotionally attached to them, then I wouldn't really be very effective. And so... You'd even bring in that other person's energy into the next session, session right? Uh -huh. So you really have to kind of learn to, like you say, detach yeah, it detach. and... Yeah. And be the observer versus the, that's a really good way to put it, versus, you know, taking it on yourself. Yeah. So it's like you're the observer from here mm -hmm. versus inside yeah. you. Right. Wow. How long did it take you to be able to transition yeah. to being the observer? Uh, that I don't know. I just know early on, um, before I knew that I was intuitive or psychic, when I worked in a mental health unit, I had trouble with depression and anxiety, and I probably, as an empath, was taking on other people's energies. Uh, but I didn't really get caught up in their stories, I don't remember, and I, uh, now that I've learned how to, to protect my energy and to work with my energy when I work with people, uh, I don't have so much of um, that drain or that pull on me as much as I used to, so I'm grateful for that. But um, So I don't know when that shifted. Probably just, you know, I've been working gradually. with... Gradually. Yes, gradually. Yeah, as I've, worked with, I've been working with Spirit as a direct voice channel for 28 years, so I've learned wow. so much. They've taught me so much, and they've taught me, as they say, tools of the trade to, right. to help me. So 
I've just been really, really blessed. But um, um, the early years of uh, the abuse that happened within our family um, were very difficult. So life was not always easy. So I know that holding that compassion and being able to identify with people that had pain and suffering wouldn't want to go through what I went through. Uh, but uh, I do. I am grateful that I'm able to identify people and hold compassion and kindness for people who are suffering because I know what it's like to have depression. I know what it's like to have anxiety. I know what it's like to be abused. Um, I know what it's like to, to be from divorced families, uh, to be pulled apart. Um, so we can't always go through all the experiences. You know, people say, well, how can, you know, you be a marriage counselor if you've never been married or well, how can you work with someone who's schizophrenic if you're not schizophrenic or, you know, these kind of things. So you, as a therapist, as you're trained, you're able, uh, again, to, to hold that level of, um, as a good listener, uh, to hold that, that uh, space or that chalice for other people to feel safe so that they can be able to express their emotions, feel safe around you, and be able to share what they need to share. And then hopefully you can give them some good tools share a higher perspective, higher wisdom for them to be able to then go forward in their life and navigate their life with the tools that you've given them. And I think also what you hit on is you just have to have gone through something. It doesn't have to be the exact same experience for you to have the empathy mm -hmm. for that person. Like you use them, you don't have to be schizophrenic. Yeah, to be schizophrenic okay. to be able to understand that. Yeah. But you have to have gone through something traumatic, I would say, to have that true understanding mm -hmm. of how challenging it is. Because I think if you didn't, this is just my guess, but you would kind of think, like, just get over it, mm -hmm. you know? Like, you know, you know I had, I had, take an aspirin and feel better in the morning, morning. kind of thing. <laughs> well, I did have a friend who was a social worker at one of the places I worked over in Lakeland, Florida. And she had a social work degree. She wasn't a therapist, thank goodness, but she um, she wrote the grants and did the grant writing. And she used to say, just get, just like you said, just get over it, handle it, just get over it. And I'd be like, Barbara, no, you can't say that. No, no. You back writing the grants and maybe the, your and boss get, was always saying to her don't hurt them don't hurt them yeah good thing you're in the back writing the grants getting the money for the center instead of up here you know tending to the truth just get over it and i'd be like oh my and she was like serious she had no tolerance and some people don't have tolerance they don't have patience with other people or they can't identify with someone else's pain um you know come to find that you know people oftentimes people are somewhat narcissistic you know it's all about them um if it hasn't happened to you, then you don't have any level of understanding. But, um, you know, we've all gone through things. But if we can be able to hold that kindness and compassion for our fellow brothers and sisters, because nobody's perfect and we're, we're right. here on this earth, we're all going through soul and life challenges. And I don't know, my heart just is as open as it possibly can be that I can to help, you know, people to feel better. That's really my goal when I work with people. I just did a psychic fair or expo on Saturday, you know, and work with people shortly for 15 minutes or, you know, even a half an hour, but even in 15 minutes, you know, my goal is for the person, whatever their question was, that they got the answer and they feel better and they have some tool to walk away with that, um, you know, they've changed their perspective. But yeah, because I think a lot of times that's what it is. They just are stuck there. Mm -hmm. And if you can give them a new possibility to open up to, they have something to grasp. Mm -hmm. and uh, mm -hmm. to walk towards yeah. or yeah. uh, aspire to be different. Yeah. 
No, that's wonderful. Yeah, that's what I do with every session, is, uh, and it, which is really nice because I like to accomplish things. So I'm very goal-oriented. So even as a therapist, and I also was a massage therapist for um, 25, 30 years, uh, you know, I did my massage. It's done in an hour. Accomplish it. Great. person feels better. It's like even with my readings, you know, I go into the hour or however long it is, and my goal is that I've completed my job and you have a new perspective and hopefully you feel better and, you know, life is good and off you go. So I, that's my goal every time I work with someone. And but that's seems, what I mean about physically, <laughs> mentally, and spiritually. You really have helped them on all levels, even emotional, because it's emotions are tied into mm-hmm. how you feel and how you think. So you've actually even helped with their emotions. I mean, seriously, Lee, that's amazing. Yeah, I work, I work with lots of people. Um, a lot. <laughs> no, but I mean, thank you. Because seriously, we need people like you mm-hmm. often to help us get to the next level because we do get stuck more than we realize. Mm-hmm. So it really is exciting that you have learned to do the whole ball of wax, you know, to help people from all different angles. And I know even in the past, sometimes you've helped them in more than one area, yeah. uh-huh. you know, of that particular person. Well, we did some clearing with you yes. a long time ago from a past life, from some pain in your body. Right. And you even gave yeah. me a massage one time yeah. and took out a sword out of my back. Yeah. You said to me, you want the sword in your back? I'm like, nah. <laughs> <laughs> That's why that pain's there. <laughs> I know that sounds crazy, Viva. <laughs> <laughs> but thank you. Yeah. So, I mean, it's really true. Like, if We really need to do that. But it's really cool that you can do it from all different angles. Because I really do think that's unique, personally. I mean, just because I know a lot of people, and most people have one particular specialist uh-huh. specialty. And I think from you doing it from so many angles, you really do do it holistically. Mm-hmm. And I, that's, you know, really remar- remarkable. Yeah, I was always interested in mind, body, spirit. You know, even when I was in my 20s, I was interested in nutrition um, and exercise. And then... Got into my therapy work and got into the emotions, and then in the eighties I started with the spiritual component, and and then, um, as you said, I can combine the holistic mind, body, spirit approach to working with people. So, is that when you lived in the trailer? Uh, yeah, I lived in the trailer, and I was going to graduate school. Yes. <laughs> no, I mean we don't realize about you know all of us. I know I've lived in trailers, <laughs> yep. but we don't always come from you know. We're not from rich, I'm not, families. No, I'm not from I'm not from a rich farm family. Especially if you don't have a bathroom. <laughs> no, we're not rich farm family. But I lived in the trailer, the trailer uh, for a couple of years when I was finishing up um, my last couple of years of uh, graduate school. Not grad, right before graduate school, my junior and senior year of college, and didn't have a car and had to ride my bike across. Is that town. when you rode your bike rode all over? Back, yes, rode my bike across town in the snow, sleet, and rain to get my degree. No oh, you still don't forget this was Illinois for you Yeah. <laughs> so I'd have to carry my laundry, my laundry bag to the laundry. I'd have to get my groceries on my bag. I've done a lot of things to get my degree and a lot of struggles. I'm thinking, oh, my God, I'm so glad I don't have to do all those things. But um, I can't imagine I did all those things. But um, <laughs> but we, get, we survived. <laughs> I survived it. it is amazing, isn't it? And That's a bicycle crazy. is a better road mode of transportation than walking is what I found over my lifetime when I've not had a car either and had to drive bikes. So thank God you had the bike. Did you have a basket? No. <laughs> no basket? I no, didn't either. No basket, no bell. That was probably <laughs> out no bell. 
helmet. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, you probably couldn't buy very many groceries at one time. I remember, I remember um, my grocery bread breaking and oh, all no. the groceries all over the ground. I don't remember how I got all the groceries home. So, yes, it's being in the physical body with all the challenges is interesting. So uh, I'm grateful for um, that life is easier. Thank God. Thank God. Thank God. Yes, I agree totally. <laughs> And it is interesting because, but I do feel like whatever we do go through makes us stronger and we'll be able to help more people because, again, we have more Mm -hmm. compassion and empathy. Or if we had everything go right or go Mm -hmm. easy, yeah, our whole life, life yeah, how would you really be able to genuinely help the other person? So, even though they, you know, I always used to hear that song, that song, um, saying. What doesn't kill you makes you stronger. Uh-huh. And I don't really like the way they say it, but I know what they mean. Like, yeah. you know, when we've gone through some different challenges, it really does make you stronger because you know you've overcome that. And I think a lot of times it actually builds your strength to get to the next mm-hmm. obstacle because I feel like that's what life is all about for us to be all we're designed to be. But the only way to do that often is to have to go through different things prove to yourself too that you can do it right and you know as we begin to talk about some of these other subjects of atlantis and some of the current challenges you know we um we're going through challenging times but we've all more than likely most of us have gone through some challenges in our life and we've gotten through it you know it may have been uncomfortable but we've gone through it we survived we thrived and hopefully we come out the other side you know, with more compassion and uh, greater wisdom and just an understanding that, you know, this too shall pass. You know, this is just another phase of life that we're going through. So whatever is happening currently today where people are grumbling about all they're grumbling about, it's like, you know, in many ways it's, uh, I don't want to say it's minuscule, but because I'm not trying to diminish it, but I'm just saying that there's, through course of time, there's been a lot of atrocities of war and violence against mm-hmm. humanity and um, plagues that we've gone through and wars that we've gone through and mistreatment uh, of humanity, crimes against you know against mm. other people throughout the course of time. And so, again, if we can put this in perspective, this too shall pass. I always say mind your own store, focus on what you need to focus on in your life, and you're here to be a vessel to shine the light and help to help uplift, and that's what I really try to do. So I don't try to focus on all the things I've gone through. You asked me, oh, to talk about my past, I don't even really think about that stuff Well, anymore. that's why I said most people yeah. don't even know it because you're not dwelling on it, yeah. which is really huge. And I also think what you were just saying is huge when you have a different attitude about, like, you we're going through something like right now with, you know, the pandemic. Some people just focus on it so much where if you – go into life with the attitude of gratitude and look at the things that are going well, even mm-hmm. though just say, you know, some people get annoyed with wearing a mask, but just being grateful we even have masks to wear. It might sound silly, but uh-huh. I'm sure there's people out there without masks and they're not protected and they wish they had them just as a silly example. But I also find that when I have a challenge that if I look at it in a different way, before I know it, I'm through that challenge mm-hmm. or when I'm, sticking my heels in the ground is saying, you know, oh, this is terrible. 
it seems like it lasts forever. Yeah. So I think a lot of times if we do what you were talking about earlier, look at it in a different light, yeah. that it, it goes much smoother. And sometimes before you know it, that challenge is behind us. Well, just for example, um, <laughs> we went to lunch and you asked me about my dad. My dad just passed away in December. And, and um, I'm not laughing that her dad died. So but the, this is really funny. So go ahead, Lee. It is kind of funny. So, you know, I've been doing pretty good with it. But, you know, I talk about it. I'll tear up. And, you know, I miss and my dad. And, and I asked you how you're yeah, doing you know, if you miss him. And, and so instead of me crying, um, I just told the story that my stepmom, someone had called and said, Something about, I don't know if they didn't know where my dad was or he had not passed or something, but she said, what's his permanent address? And she said, well, the La Harpe Cemetery. <laughs> so, what's his permanent address? <laughs> Isn't that cute? So, I mean, and I just cracked up. up. So instead of me start crying about the loss of my dad or her feeling bad because my dad, you know, I just... Somehow we just got a chuckle out of it. We don't think he's going to be moving anytime soon. He's permanently <laughs> going to be there. <laughs> But it's it just, you know, sometimes you just have to lighten it up, even when it is very sad. And it is. Yeah. I know you miss him a lot. I know. But, but, I mean, what's his permanent address? Right. And I don't think her stepmom even realized that she made a joke, you know, when yeah, she, she said where he was joke. really living. Because he really does joke. live there, but permanently. <laughs> it's just so funny. She, it was so cute. So instead of me getting into the, you know, us feeling bad, we got a good laugh and we'll laugh about it now. And so that, just that sh shifting that perspective. Right. Yeah, so, exactly. Um, I'm grateful for that because when my mom died, you know, eight years ago, it took me about four years to get over and it was really, really hard. So I'm really, thanks for, you know, having this good laugh about dad today. Cause I'll, these are things that I want to, you know, hold my dad in reverence and, I always will, but uh, and he liked to laugh, so to that laugh. was why we said he's probably laughing he's with laughing. us. That's a corny joke. So. His permanent residence. So. His permanent residence. We don't explain that moving anytime <laughs> soon. <laughs> but I guess let's get on to the other stuff. Yeah. So today we also thought we'd um, talk about Atlantis because there's a lot of parallels, and I was very interested if Lee, you could explain the timeline, if the you know the last, um, you know continent of Atlantis and how it was destroyed in three phases. Could you talk to us about that? Yeah, I'll explain a little bit about how I got interested in all this. In the first oh, yeah, place. that's even better. Let's start so with in that. in 1983, I moved to Florida. I felt, I felt guided to come from the farm <laughs> land to uh, Florida. Not I the had, one without the bathroom. She was a little older by then. Yeah, I, was, I was now in Iowa. Yeah. And I um, felt guided. My soul guided me to move to Florida. I came when I was 27 years old, moved to Tampa, Florida from a small town of 18,000 people, never lived in a city, didn't know how to drive in a city, came by myself, didn't have a job. I felt called to come to Tampa and um, uh, no cell phones then, no GPSs. Um, I don't know how I managed all this, but somehow I got it figured out. But I ended they up, were called maps. <laughs> yeah, they were maps. That's right. They were maps, and there were there were um, uh, newspapers where you found jobs in newspapers, right? And uh, landline phone. And so I got myself one of them jobs over in Lakeland, Florida, and I met my spiritual teacher back then, 1983 or 84, uh, Cecilia Kelly. And I was became a very uh, curious, persistent student of metaphysics 
through my friend Cece, and so she became my mentor, and I drove her insane uh, because I'd ask her all kinds of questions. And <coughs> we'd have lunch hour, or we'd have breaks in between clients, or I'd go stay with her on the weekends, and she would just teach me all about metaphysics. And so she was the one who uh, introduced me to Atlantis and Lemuria and a lot of these concepts. And she just recently passed away last year, but um, we she, miss her. Yeah, we miss her. Joanne um, and I went to see her before she passed away last February, and she finally completed her book, The Atlantean Prophecy. I would like to be able to to uh, add to this and publish this as a co-author with her, but um, that was um, her last mission. She was a psychotherapist as well, but she's the one who who taught me a bit about reincarnation and about past lives and um, began to help me to understand about Atlantis and those civilizations that were the golden civilizations and how uh, during those golden times that we all, they lived in balance, the civilization was balanced, the people um, lived in a very high spiritual awareness and had their psychic abilities and there was the use of the crystals and they used the crystals for technology and for healing and for generating their civilization and and so she shared with me all about Atlantis. So that's probably where I got interested in Atlantis mm. and understanding that I lived in that time period. And civilization um, of Lemuria, which is, uh, predates Atlantis, which is in the Pacific Ocean. But Atlantis is um, originated approximately 50,000, they say 57,000 years ago. And then the final destruction was between 10, 10 to 12,000 years ago. And there was misuse of crystals and technology, and there were two factions, two religious factions, that were warring and feuding, and they were trying to gain control. And very much like uh, today that we're having division where there was a lot of um, misunderstanding and distrust, where there was uh, one faction was trying to gain control and power you know, over the whole society. And the, the destruction began originally in three phases, uh, the first one, when there was uh, what we call the natural earth changes of the tsunami, where there was a great flood. Many may know or understand it to be like Noah's, you know, the flood, the great flood. Uh, and then the second one, there was uh, earth changes. There were even more earth changes that were happening that caused the destruction of the islands and uh, created more flood flooding. Do you believe it was in the Caribbean? Yeah, Atlantis was, they say it was located... Um, um, in the Atlantic Ocean, between North America and Africa, and then down into South America, so okay. it was huge, going all wow. the way up into Iceland. So I, I sense that it also was even further down into South America, but so it was a big landmass. It's a big landmass, and so it was destroyed in three phases. And um, many may know the island of Poseidon as, um, as one of the major islands, but um, as I was saying, the the third destruction caused the final fall, uh, which is where the the great crystal was misused by um, the misguided group of the sons of Belai. There was two factions: the Law of One and the Sons of Belai, and they misused the crystals. And then Ramu, who I channel, is was called the Great Generator Crystal, and it was misused, and then that's what caused the destruction of that continent. So about 10 years ago, I started channeling Rambo, and he came to me, and we reactivated his energy in the Bahamas, mm. which um, a lot of that ancient uh, 
civilization can be found. People found underground roads and cities underneath the water in Bimini. So um, there's evidence that Bimini was a part of Atlantis, or they believe that was, and they can actually see that. Wow. So um, And there's actually a place called um, Atlantis in the, um, in, in the vicinity. Um, in the Bahamas. In the Bahamas. Yeah, it's like yeah res- I went there one time. It's like a resort. Yes, yeah, it's, it's yeah. really a big, fancy resort wow. now. But, yeah, so that's approximately where part of it was, I guess. Yes. Mm-hmm. Yeah. But in Bimini, they even found underground roads. And uh-huh. Didn't yeah. you go there one time? We did. Yep. Mm-hmm. It was a part of the work that we were doing um, 10 years ago where we were going to the Bahamas and we went to Bimini. And that was when we I started channeling Ramu, the generator crystal, and uh, we reactivated his energy. So he had told me that he'd been dormant since the fall. And we went to um, not autumn, the fall, the fall of Atlantis. The fall of Atlantis Just yeah. clarifying. So we um, we went there to reawaken the energy of Ramu. That was 2011. Mm. I don't remember what month. But I think it was February of 2011. And um, it wasn't long after that that there was a tsunami in Japan. Yes, and I remember. I, that yeah. was uh, 2011, and I. I felt like that, the awakening of Ramu's energy had caused that tsunami, and he said it, it did. And he said he didn't mean to hurt anybody, but his, his energy was so large and so forceful and had been uh, been latent that it was like an, you know, an eruption right. that had caused this uh, tsunami or this earthquake that caused the tsunami. So I have worked with Ramu a lot, but he's come back again, and so it's time for the Atlantean energy to be brought forward. Now, who was removed back then? He was he was the great generator crystal. He was the big crystal that was used for all the technology. They used it for healing. They used it to control the weather. Uh, they used it for transportation. It was just like it's a whole the whole grid system. They used it for all of the grid system. And when you say crystal, tell us more what you mean by that. Uh, well, we know we have quartz crystals yes, and like rose quartz. Oh, I was just just thinking, you have some. Yeah, I'm think of where we might have something here. There's a pink one over there. Um, just the natural mineral, the crystals. Um, yeah, that's, oh, there's one. This Don's brings over there on oh, that. But yeah, but most people know what crystals are. Okay. But uh, the mineral crystals that um, that have power in them. So all the crystals have some kind of generating power forces and uh, are used if people are into gemstones and they're in. They'll, there's properties and how what these crystals are used for to help heal our body, and so in the time of Atlantis, the crystals were used, you know, for a variety of sources to, you know, from healing to technology to transportation to um, controlling the weather, and so the great generator crystal was the main crystal that was I call it just the big grid. I don't know. But do you think they would ask you questions, Lee? Mm -hmm. And and would they ask you questions and then ask for answers? Or when you say they used the crystal, how did they, do you think they used it? I don't know. They probably used it telepathically. They probably were able telepathically to communicate with the crystals. Okay. I was always just curious how they did that. So uh, a lot of the work was telepathic, just like I channel information from the Ascended Master, mm-hmm. so I telepathically hear him speaking to me, or I telepathically can hear him speaking to me, mm-hmm. you know, through my channel. You just know, yeah, yeah. Yeah, I'm hearing, I'm, it's a stream of consciousness, right? you know, or it's information that's just... And then how did they misuse it then, do you think? I don't know exactly. I, I 
I don't know exactly all the details of how they misuse it, but um, I think like through any level of probably curiosity or experimentation, like, oh, let's try this and see, let's do this, you know, and you sort of up the ante and then, yeah. oh, by the way, oops. Uh, oops, yeah. yeah. But I heard they also use metal head, what did they have, the metal headbands were, I heard one time. Was it from Cece told us about that? Was, I don't remember. Was that more like, um, she told us that, because they were more into the mental mm-hmm. versus the heart, uh-huh. it, maybe that's what she meant. Yeah, I'm not sure. I don't remember what you're saying. Well, that's okay, but I just felt like she was, meaning they started to live from their head instead of their heart. Oh, yeah, that's right. Yes, okay. Yes, just like we're doing in these days, we're not as heart-centered. And so we come from intellect, or we value intellect, or we value our ego, or we we value a scientific proof, you Mm -hmm. know, instead of listening to our intuition or being guided by our inner knowingness or listening to our heart. Right. And so... That was originally uh, the Atlanteans were pure and they were connected to the God source, so they were tapped into their knowingness, you know, through their heart center and through their heart chakra. Right. Then, as things begin to sort of more disintegrate, then we go back and go into the lower dimensions of the third dimensional frequencies, and then that's when the distortions occur. Okay. And Makes so then, sense. then we, you know, start overthinking things or we think that's. We think that, oh, this is all that there is. Right. You know, like some people are maybe atheists and they don't believe in God or uh, people don't believe in channeling or angels because they can't see them. Right. But for those of us who are connected at the heart and we see, feel, sense, and hear these experiences, um, just like I know that, um, you know, I'm able to communicate with Ramu, that's a real experience for me, or I'm able to communicate with the Ascended Masters. So uh, Saturday when I was at the... Uh, Expo, uh, I have a book called Divine Union, The Love Story of Jesus and Mary Magdalene, and this lady couldn't really understand. She thought it was blast from us. Mm. I never say that word right. That how could I think that I could channel, you know, Jesus or Mary Magdalene? And to me, um, you know, I've done it now since uh, 1997, that it's just normal. I'm able to telepathically communicate with them. But in the beginning, I was worried about sharing this because it did seem odd and what would people think but now it's I've done it for so many years it's normal to me I'm able to do it um, and so uh, for those who don't understand that are still living in the mental mind it's hard for them to conceptualize that you can have these levels of communication so this is at the height of the civilization of Atlantis people mm-hmm. were living from you know their heart mm. and being able to bring forth you know all these spiritual gifts so we're now at a pivotal time now where we are moving into the golden age of enlightenment. We are going, we are many of, talking about the times of ascension and the age of enlightenment. And, but we're seeing, you know, all of this separation and fear uh, going on. But like anything else, we have to once again clear out these parallels or these energies from Atlantis or Lemuria or even from our current time where people are living from, um, from what I call a, uh, the lower frequencies, not living from the heart. Mm-hmm. So we will move into that golden age, and I do see um, more of awakening because I've been doing this work for 28 years. When I started this work, more people didn't understand, but more and more people are awakening, and it's more commonplace. Mm-hmm. Uh, people are having podcasts like Tiffany right. has this this uh, format. Right. We have these expos. People have books, and there's more and more people awakening. Opening up, and so yes. uh, there is hope that we are moving into 
this level of understanding that we are connected, we are children of God, we have these powers, and that it's not just the mind and what we can see in our third dimensional reality that is all that is. Right. And do you think, like you were saying even earlier about before Atlantis was even the Lemurians, mm -hmm. so did they also self-destruct because of a similar thing? And then did many of them become Atlanteans? Yeah, it's similar. Yeah, similar. Where um, they were, they were the uh, pure spirits and lived in pure form, and then things get tainted. However, they get tainted, uh, and then yeah, some of the Lemurians migrated. Uh, in I'm not sure where all they migrated to, but yeah, some of them migrated. Because some say that the the Lemurian and Atlantean energy there's an interfacing or intertwining of it. Uh, I think there's even like a grid I think we read one time, or maybe CC again told us, between the two, a, a light grid or something. Oh, yeah. Mm -hmm. yeah. So, and, and now I would say a lot of people that are living today were at once, at one time an Atlantean as yes. well. Yeah. That's why a lot of uh, people are moving, especially to Florida. I feel like I had to come to Florida because they're uh, feeling the call. Uh, to be near Atlantis, to remember. Uh, Spirit had told me, or Ramu had told me 10 years ago, that um, there was going to be a clearing of energies, people migrating out of Florida, and the new people coming in that, that would begin to feel called here, that were Atlanteans that were remembering, that were coming back to help, to clear the distortions, and to remember their Atlantean lifetime, and to step back into their power. And so... After that, I think there was several hurricanes. I think that was 2004 or five, whatever. Uh, and people mm. moved out. And um, and now, you know, I, I meet people often who say they just feel called to move. You know, at least I'm in Central Florida. Feel called here and guided here, and I'm not sure why. Right, that makes sense. Yeah, because they can we remember? I like that word that you used. We remember because they feel comfortable here. They feel like it's home. Yeah, that's why I probably came here back in 1983 because I remember um, coming here on vacation when I was in college and thought I was in Sarasota or went through Sarasota where St. Norman Circle was. And I thought, oh, I'd like to live here. And then in 1988, I moved to Sarasota not knowing that's where I was talking right. about 10 years prior. So I've been called to this West Central Florida. So I've been, was called here, I know, because of my Atlantean remembrance. And, you know, I've been asked to to, um, to be here to, again, hold this energy to help heal the timelines or the grid lines from that distortion. We're going to talk about that next week with Joanne Gall and Pam Wasnicki, who is a former show host of uh, here on Goldilocks Productions going to be my guest. We're going to talk about an activation we did at Warm Mineral Springs, but I want to preface all this first before we go into all that information next week, but um, yeah, yeah this, there's a lot of... Is there a lot of parallels then? A lot of parallels of what's happening now. So we can see that um, uh, that we are being, in many ways, um, going back into the Atlantean times, I I just gotten uh, some information that um, they're doing genetically modified mosquitoes, you know, that they're releasing uh, 
genetically modified mosquitoes to control the mosquito population. And then uh, I just heard through my friend Jared that uh, they're uh, uh, experimenting with humans and monkey embryos to make some kind of a human-monkey species. And these are the kind of things that happen in Atlantis. Oh, okay. So that's another parallel. And that, um, and also with our pandemic and being forced to be uh, wear these masks and now being in some ways being forced to have these vaccines, that there is a, a control factor trying to you know under wraps through fear. So what happened was in the fall of Atlantis, then all this energy became there was a fear and control of trying to control the population for one particular purpose um, through the sons of the lie to be able to you know have the control. control. Yeah. So we're seeing this now, and we're seeing it happen rather quickly. When you even said something earlier about Atlantis, they had two dominating forces, and I kind of thought of like today we mm-hmm. have the de- Democrats and the mm-hmm. Republicans, yeah. and they yes. butt heads all the yeah. time yes. and not agree and see yes. things totally different. Yes. So do you think that's a parallel as well? I do. I was going to say that. Yeah, here in the United States, that's what I think. I wasn't going to say that, but that's the parallel I see, is that there's keeping people divided. Uh, you know, and, and when they're divided, there's no unity, mm-hmm. which really, I believe, from when you live from your heart, that we recognize we are all one, and we're there to help each other, like how you've always helped people uh-huh. all your life, you would be, it, it's totally different, you yes. know, when yes. you feel divided, separated, versus connected and yeah. one, yeah. right? We're all one. We're all part of the same family of life. Uh, nobody thinks alike. Nobody looks alike. We're all different. And so how can, why are we squabbling? Right. I mean, you look different than me. Your skin color. You're taller than me. Yeah. You believe. Even though I, I'm on a pillow now, so I look taller. Yeah, that's right. <laughs> yeah, you had a better haircut than me. Yeah. So, so, so we just, you know, if we keep ourselves separate, um, that's just a part that of that keeps division. keeps the division. It keeps yeah. our division. It keeps us from really beginning to move into the heart like we talked about before. And so that was what happened during those times. And so we're paralleling again. Mm, um, makes so, sense. So that's why I want to bring this information up because it's really important and vital that we begin to understand this on some level that we have a responsibility within ourselves to take a look at where we feel um, not whole or where we feel afraid or we feel separated or we feel um, that we're not in control. Um, I know that things are happening in the world, but as I said before, I mind my own store in the sense mm-hmm. that my focus is on helping myself and helping others to move forward into this new golden age. And God's given me these gifts, and I'll use them to the best of my ability to help educate and assist people at the level of wisdom that I've been given that I can help serve and share. Mm -hmm. Uh, But I'm not going to get caught up in this lower human stuff because Mm -hmm. it doesn't serve anything. But this is what's happening. We're all getting caught up in this cesspool. And if we could just learn from the Atlanteans Mm -hmm. of that division is what caused the yes. fall, yes. but you know, so we just have to constantly be aware of what Lee's talking about, in my opinion, for us to evolve and have hope, like you always say about mm-hmm. hope stands for help our people evolve, um, evolve, excuse me, help our people evolve. And remember that because we are evolving and we are, I believe, if we allow ourselves to, to be incredible, um, all we you know. There's so many gifts that we all have and that we can access. And when we 
are open enough to realize mm -hmm. we have them mm -hmm. and how they can benefit the whole yeah. versus thinking again you're the only one out there and the only one that kind of back to the when you even help the people with different traumas mm -hmm. when they just get stuck there versus opening up to knowing there's, there's big, more there's a bigger picture right so there's a bigger picture here of what's happening uh in our world and not to get caught up in it but to take a look at it and say okay do we want to go down the rabbit hole again because our thoughts as the collective consciousness of humanity is held within a collective uh, is held in a collective thought form we can make this world heaven on earth or we can go down the road and this is a part of why we have earth changes this is why we have um, weather disturbances mm -hmm. and the collective consciousness mm -hmm. that's affecting the earth so when we're peaceful then our environment will be peaceful our earth will be peaceful people don't think about that or i shouldn't say no they don't most think about it yeah we don't think we they're don't they're not even they're, they're, aware they're, of it they're afraid yeah they're not aware of it or they're or afraid even if they are they just don't believe they can control anything well i remember by their thoughts and actions and feelings we just probably have a few minutes left okay um but i remember um spirit had told me years ago it was before i knew anything but this was back in the 90s and uh, early on, and Mother Earth said, as long as you're in line with me, with me, then, you know, I'm going to protect you. Mm, and good you can, point. And you can call upon me, you know, if you get frightened, and, you know, I will protect you. So there was a 100-mile-an-hour straight line, 100-mile-an-hour straight line winds. Wow. And I heard the winds over my house, and I thought, oh, my God. And so I remember laying in my bed, it's early in the morning, and I said, stop. Right in the moment when I said stop, the wind stopped, for real. I believe you. They stopped. Yeah. Couldn't believe it. They stopped. We and have much more power than we believe. And so there was a tree that landed on my house, but right next door from my, so my house, I should have said stop before I got to my house, but... Right next door, there was no damage or any other damage down the street. Wow. Just it finished at my house. And so that's the only time, that was a long time ago. And so I always remember that, that she's, Mother Earth said, if you feel frightened, call upon her, she will help you. And let if us all remember that from now on. That we have that control as long as we're aligned with her. Because my purpose is to help serve Mother Earth and humanity to the best of my ability. And that's a wild story, but it's true. It stopped, and there was no other damage down the street. It literally, the wind stopped. Very down. powerful. So we have the we have the ability to how we affect our world that we don't have to go down the rabbit hole again and have our continent destroyed, or uh, we can change uh, the effects of climate change. You know, we can be more responsible. We come together, open our hearts, mm -hmm. and so true. We have this fear and division and separation. Then. You know, that's going to be our choice, but, you know, I'm here peddling, doing what I can, right. you know, even if it's minuscule, to but be if service. Everybody does their part, yeah. Like you always say, each one leave one, each one teach one. And if we just even help one person, it makes a huge difference. Mm -hmm. Yeah. So if your eyes are open today to see the bigger picture and to understand that, yes, our lives are not perfect, we've gone through traumas, we've gone through difficulties, just like... Joanne wanted to explain, you know, my life's not been perfect. It's not been far from perfect. I didn't, you know, grow up with easy breezy, and I still don't have an easy breezy. Um, 
and none of us probably ever have, but we use, um, you know, we, we heal from those uh, challenges or those resentments or those, uh, those emotions that are holding us back so we can move forward into our mission. Yes. To do our mission work. So that's really the purpose. I'm not really trying to preach, preach here, but I'm really just trying to say, let's heal ourselves from the wounds of the past so that we can be in service and we don't have to go back into the wounds of the past of Atlantis. We really can make, um, you know, our planet a planet of peace. And I was given uh, a beautiful understanding of that. Uh, and encouragement with a lady I met who has a Montessori school that I'm going to have on my show. And I was told that these children that are that are in the school now in 20, 25 years, they are going to be the pure souls that are going to be anchoring in this new golden age and, and bringing in the new earth. Wow. They are the new earth species. So I was really excited to hear that, and that gave me hope. And so just, you know, be the change you wish to see and know that you have more power and control. Control your thoughts and just allow yourself to have a good laugh and right just enjoy <laughs> we love to laugh yeah and um just a reminder next week you'll be talking about Ramu again yep with joanne goal and, and the other joanne <laughs> the jan yeah another joanne and uh pam w uh who's here as a show host of uh on goldilocks we'll be talking about that activation that we did at Warm Mineral Springs and working with Ramu, clearing the discordant energies that, at the time of that destruction, that energy was imploded um, into the region of Northport and um, out in the Siesta Key area, West Central Florida area, as it was, uh, has left some remnants in the subterranean. So we did some clearing that will really help hold, again, clear the ley lines and the grid lines um, so that this new earth energy can be anchored in. It's just exciting time. It is. Yeah, it's, it's interesting. And thank you for all you do to help the masses, not just each individual person, which I'm grateful for, yeah. but what you just said, that helps everyone. Yeah, so thank you. You're welcome. Well, our time is short. Thank you, Miss Tiffany, and thank you, Miss Joanne. For, thank you, Lee. Uh, this fun afternoon, and um, we'll just see all of you next week. Have a great week, and just be the change you wish to see. Go in peace. Bye-bye. Become a Goldilocks Productions VIP patron. Receive exclusive access to live stream special and other epic perks. Join the Goldilocks Productions VIP community today. Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings. From premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts, start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. Hold up. What was that? Boring. No flavor. That was as bad as those leftovers you ate all week. Kiki Palmer here. And it's time to say hello to something fresh and guilt free. Hello, Fresh. Jazz up dinner with pecan crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. Now that's music to my mouth. Hello, Fresh. Let's get this dinner party started. Discover all the delicious possibilities at HelloFresh.com. Even when we're on a budget, we still deserve nice things. Quince is a place to scoop up stunning high-end goods for 50 to 80% less than similar brands. 
They have buttery soft cashmere sweater starting at $50, luxurious Italian leather bags, and so much more. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Get the high-end goods you'll love without the high price tag with Quince. Go to quince.com slash style for free shipping and 365-day returns.